everybody. Welcome to another episode of Two Strike Noise, your weekly baseball history podcast. My name is Jeff. I am one half of the show. Uh, and the other half is he's more like a quarter today. It's uh, my co-host, Mark A. Johnston. Mark, you're, you're toughing it out this week. Yeah, it's a lot of tree pollen in the air. I'm not sick. I just uh, have been hit pretty hard with the pollen uh, uh, bomb. And uh, so I'm a little raspy. And I don't know. I thought it might sound sexy, but my wife shot that one down. Yeah, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do? I'm gonna agree with her on that one. Uh, let's let's get right. Well, it doesn't in. matter. She doesn't listen to the show, so we can talk about her. Yeah, but I know she's gonna listen to you all the time. So I don't I don't blame her for not <laughs> listening. Never thought to the of show. it that way. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's make sure you don't get hurt anymore. Let's get uh, let's get into our BP segment and warm up for today's show. Uh, obviously, Mark, a lot of stuff going on in my world with the Oakland Athletics. Something that I noticed this morning uh, as as the bill is as we record this, it's currently stalled in the, in the Nevada legislature. I saw the uh, the name of the Speaker of the House of the Nevada legislature, and, I, and it caught my attention. Steve Yeager. What? Yeah, no, it's not that Steve Yeager. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that name, uh, it caught my attention. Not the uh, not the catcher and uh, former uh, poser in Playgirl magazine and some cutoff jean shorts. But no, it's a uh, different Steve Yeager, but still a cool name anyway. Sure. Uh, so I saw this, Mark. Are you aware of the Dub C Fish Sticks? I don't believe I am. Well, uh, they are a collegiate league team from uh, your neck of the woods. Uh, the Dubfish Stick, I can't even say that, the Dubsea, which is, there. that's kind of like the city name is Dubsea, Fish Sticks modded a golf cart to recreate the Mariner's old tugboat bullpen car. <laughs> nice. Yeah, now the problem is there are no doors on this thing. So the video I saw, the pitcher got out of it and tripped and almost fell flat on his face on the mound. <laughs> That's a mishap you don't need. No. Yeah. yeah. It seems like that might be a critical design flaw. <laughs> That's one way of putting it. We'll see. Are you an engineer? My goodness. <laughs> we'll see how it works out. So uh, curious where the uh, where the fish sticks play, by the way. Uh, yeah, Dub C. Well, their website gives you a map as to where they play their games, but they specifically tell you in a in a completely different section just for this that they are located one block east of McClendon's Hardware. That's oh, it. Oh, oh, there. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're if you're from Seattle, the McClendon's Hardware is is you know that name, but I mean, it's it's a local uh, like like store. They've got probably ten stores or maybe even more throughout Seattle and Tacoma. But on mm-hmm. their website, it just says located one block east of McClendon's Hardware. So, is that of each McClendon's Hardware has on my yes. <laughs> of each one, <laughs> which whichever one you show up at, they'll play play a game uh one block east of mcclendon's whether there's a park there or not <laughs> well how did mcclendon's get this free advertising I, I, they must be a sponsor if, if they're doing that you but would hope right the, so this is the pacific international league it's a summer collegiate league okay uh, other teams in the league are the redmond dudes the northwest honkers the cheney studs 
the Everett Merchants, the Gumbaroos, which I will address in a minute, uh, and the Seattle Blackfins. Interesting. Is this a wood bat league? Do you know? Yeah, I mean, this is. Uh, well, I, I assume it is. I collegiate leagues are wood bat leagues, as far as yeah. I know. Uh, I had not heard of this league before I saw this fish stick story, which is still, you know, the name. It's. I don't know if it's as good as the pistol shrimps, uh, but it's definitely up there with like the dumpster fires and the uh, laundry hampers. Yeah, when you first said it. I thought you were talking about a frozen food product. Nope, this is the Dub and the Dub C fish sticks. Oh yeah. no, I haven't heard of those, Jeff. Are they really tasty? You can get them at Costco now. You can even try a little <laughs> sample beforehand. But let's get back to this. Like the Gumbaroos, first of all, I had to because it just says the Gumbaroos. It doesn't have Redmond or Cheney in front of it, and the Honkers are just Northwest. So I guess the entire Pacific Northwest should root for the Honkers. But the Gumbaroo, I, I had to know what it was since there was no city attached to it or anything. A Gumbaroo is a fearsome mythical creature who haunts lumberjacks in the forest of Washington, Oregon, and California. Wow, I've never heard of that. I have not either. And I guess, well we're, don't hike. well, we're not lumberjacks either, so we have nothing to worry about. Oh, that's a good point. It's not going to haunt us. See, that should have clicked. Now, if occasionally I'll wear a flannel shirt. No. Nope. Am I in danger? Nope, no, because you okay. don't work all day and sleep all night. That's a fact. Well, that really, I didn't think about that. That really is a, that <laughs> is a fact. Uh, they have no home this year, which I guess keeps in line with the lure of the Gumbaroo. They will just play on the road for this, their, their inaugural season. But they are selling merch if you are interested. See, there you go. But that doesn't make sense to me because I don't know where they're going to be. If I lived in in Washington still, I might be like, oh, they might be my home team uh, next year. But I don't know because they haven't announced it. So, you know, maybe instead of going to the track all the time, I should go check out one of these games. Oh, I think you should go check out one of these games. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's I've seen the stadiums that they're playing in. You you will be one of probably just two or three hundred. But, you know, those are fun games. They really are uh, just watching, watching a some few, yeah. college kids and doing that. And get this, Mark, the Savannah Bananas are coming as well. No, So I'm not sure which McClendons they will be one block east of. Wow. But they are going to be playing at the uh, at the Dub C Fish Sticks. So I would stop by if they're in town, which they're yeah, going to be soon. Bananas and fish sticks doing my favorite. Oh, things. boy. Yeah, that's a it's my favorite ice cream flavor. Banana and fish sticks. My favorite is lawn clippings. That's my favorite ice cream. Oh, that's my favorite candle scent. But yeah. By the way, the uh, with the Savannah Bananas coming, did you see who pitched for the Savannah Bananas last week? I, I have to say I did not. It was none other than A's Fantasy Camp legend who witnessed my first ever career three-inning save. Barry Zito took the bump no. for the Bananas. Really? That's yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. Uh, I'm not sure if they're coming to face the fish sticks or if they're playing, you know, there in that stadium, wherever by uh, by McClendon's or not. But uh, check that out. I mean, that would be something to go see. Yeah. So there you go. Barry Zito, bananas and fish sticks. Uh, some bad news. Uh, we uh, lost another uh, big name in baseball, especially in my neck of the woods uh, last yes. week. Roger Craig passed away. Uh, 
Yes. He was the manager of the Hum Baby Giants of the late 80s. Unfortunately, they got swept in uh, the only World Series that he ever managed in by the uh, 1989 Ace, which I have to say that because usually we're talking about either the Reds or the Dodgers, and I don't like to talk about those World Series. uh, (laughs) Of course not. No, but Craig was part of the inaugural New York Mets squads where he went in those first two years, 15 and 46 which is not good. I, I'm kind of new to baseball, but I don't think that's good. Sounds rough, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we don't put a lot of stock in wins for pitchers or, or losses, but overall, he played for 12 seasons, ended up with a 74-98 record. He won three World Series as a player, however, one with the Brooklyn Dodgers in 1955, another with the Los Angeles Dodgers in 1959, and finally with the Cardinals in 1964. He went on to manage the Padres before taking over the Giants in 85. He was 93 years old, so rest in power to Roger Craig. Uh, His pitch, if you remember, because he taught it to all his, uh, his pitchers on those Giants teams, was the split finger fastball. Oh, yeah. And which is essentially it's a fork ball, right? It just it there's a lot of drop. But I remember it, the big controversy was, oh, my God, this pitch is going to ruin pitchers because like Dave Stewart, like he can get his fingers almost to the side of of the butt of the baseball split. And they're yeah. like, this is going to damage people's fingers. They're going to their circulation's going to suffer. And there was a whole bunch of controversy. I remember about the, the split finger fastball. Now it's just commonplace but it's withstood the test of time and uh and physical issues barely but yes barely yes there's a lot of guys around there with two's uh, uh two fingers they're completely split apart and they can't bring them back together because it's throwing so many split finger fastballs <laughs> well i remember in fantasy camp during the you know when we the like the first day we were in uniform you went to different stations and there would be different coaches there to give you some pointers and stuff so Stu and and dallas brayden were the two guys at the pitching station not surprisingly enough. And so Dallas was going over different pitches and he's like, and he got to the split finger fastball and he couldn't, he couldn't do it. And he gave the ball to Stu and his fingers just like automatically went to the sides of the ball. Like just, <laughs> it fit just perfectly. So that's how it's done. Yeah. Uh, so a couple of things I'm going to, before we get to debuts, I thought we'd, we'd get a little personal with me this week. Uh Oh, okay. So first of all, I want to give you, you know, I've been playing in a men's hardball league this year. Yes. Fantasy camp got me, got me going and this will keep me kind of in shape, I guess, in baseball shape for, for camp next year. So we've played what I think five games. Now we won our first game finally last week, but, uh, you know, your boy's not doing too bad. I'm, I'm hitting three thirty three for the year. That's not bad at all. My on base is 474, which is wow. Yeah, that's pretty good. And I've got a, an OPS of 807, which I think is normal for a big leaguer. Like that's a that's an everyday solid big leaguer. Not an all-star. That's 900 OPS and then if, you know, a 1 point and above, that's like MVP territory. I'm I'm 5 for 15. I think I'm actually 6 for 15, but I I know where I got gypped by the uh, the scorers who are volunteers so i really shouldn't be too <laughs> i am uh, leading the team in walks with three though and uh, and i've been hit by a pitch 
So, and I got credited well, I with just, a stolen base last week, which was, it was not a stolen base, but again, the scorers are, are kind of learning along. You can't say it wasn't a stolen base because in the box score it is. Um, so no, it, no, it definitely wasn't. I, I was leading off a second, the second base or the pitcher through and, and my base coaches did not tell me that anybody was creeping in. So I slid back and the, 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 the throw from the pitcher was wild and went into center field. So I jumped up and ran to third base. Uh, I'm not sure if I would have made it. I was a little winded at this point, but the uh, ball got past the third baseman and went into the dugout. So then I got a jog home. There's well, no still in base. Correct. You would run 270 feet. Yeah, I'd run. A, trust me. <laughs> I'd run, I was I was huffing and puffing, but there were there were two errors on that play. No stolen bases, but I was credited with one. But that makes up because I've also been credited with a defensive error, which did not happen. I know exactly what it was, too. I was in center. I I was running to left center. And on the run, I reached up and a ball hit my glove and and popped out. But it would have been a great play had I made it. So I think that's a a cheap error. I called well, the press you know, box. Man, did you did you call and you call the guy the next day at his job? Because <laughs> no. that's had happened to me. So uh. I did not. But uh, another thing, just a personal thing here. I'm going to an A's game next week. Uh, it is the reverse boycott day. Next day on the 13th, Tuesday oh, right. night. Where uh, right. A's fans, we're going to plan on everybody's going to this game. We're just going to be like, hey, we could show up. Uh, but we're not because John Fisher and, and Dave Cavell are words that we don't use on this podcast. But so uh, we're I'm going to go to that game. I'm excited. The drummers are going to be there. It's going to be the only game they're going to be there this year. Oh, they're bringing the drummers. They're bringing out the drums back. Yeah, I mean, we're going to treat this like a normal game. Everyone's going to show up. We're going to root for our team and uh, show everybody that, uh, you know, we want the A's here. We just don't want the owner here. And I'm excited. I think that there's going to be, I think there'll be a lot of camaraderie there. A lot of just A's fans. Yeah, I hope the A's pull that one off too. That would be amazing. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not expecting a, a huge crowd. I'm, I'm not expecting a sellout, but I'm expecting like maybe 15,000 I'm hoping for, which is yeah. like double what they actually draw. Right. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to show my support. So that's awesome. All right, Mark, this show is debuting on June 7th. It was uh, slim pickings today, not going to lie. There were a lot of people that made their debuts, but not a lot of big names that made their debut today. So our first one, we're going to go back to 1972, and Dave Roberts made his debut. Now, I said Dave, not Davey or David. Uh, This Dave Roberts is a catcher. He was the number one overall pick of the 1972 draft as a catcher out of the University of Oregon. Uh, What is interesting to me is he was uh, picked by the Padres. He was signed the next day. So he was drafted on one day. He signed a contract the very next day. And if that wasn't enough, he made his major league debut that same day. So the day after he was (laughs) drafted, he was playing in the big leagues. Wow. That's pretty incredible. He was the sixth player to debut in the majors without playing a game in the minor leagues at that point. But I believe he was the first probably to be drafted and then taking uh, big league balls and strikes the next day. 
Uh, Roberts played for 10 years with the Padres and was once traded by the Padres, along with Oscar Gamble to the Texas Rangers for Kurt Bavacqua, Bill Fahey, and Mike Hargrove. So a lot of names there, a lot of awesome hair in Oscar Gamble. You've got Dirty Kurt Bavacqua, who is Tommy Lasorda's all-time favorite player. And uh, you've got the human rain delay in Mike Hargrove. So nice. Yeah, a lot of a lot of names there. Also making his debut today in 1998 was Alex Cora. So this is this is a current manager, unlike that Dave Roberts. 14-year career as a player, six different teams. Mostly he played with the Dodgers and the Red Sox. He was a member of the 2007 Red Sox as a player when they won the World Series in 2004. Alex Cora had an 18 pitch at bat against the Cubs, Matt Clement. With a 2-1 count, he fouled off 14 straight pitches. That's amazing. That is amazing. What's even more amazing is after that 14th pitch, he hit a home run. (laughs) Wow. I guess he'd seen seen that pitcher enough by then. Yeah, so he he was he was very well adjusted to Matt Clement's stuff at that point. As a player, he also played in the two longest nine inning games in history. Then he managed the longest World Series game ever in two thousand and eight, or in two thousand and eighteen. So ah, this guy seems like he's the Rob Manfred's like worst nightmare in terms of pace of play. A lot of uh, long at-bats, long games. Obviously, he was involved in the Astros sign-stealing shenanigans. He got a year's vacation as the Red Sox manager for that. And uh, he is also brothers with Joey Cora, who, of course, played in the big leagues for 11 years through a lot of teams, including your Seattle Mariners. So That's right. There you go. Those are our debuts for today. Like I said, kind of slim pickings. Uh, it's a slow day. June 7th, traditionally a slow day in baseball, I guess. It must be. It must be. Or we know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that'll do it for our BP segment. Uh, We're going to let the ground screw come out and do their stuff. And when they are done, Mark, I'm going to hand it over to you. You are taking control. You have the calm for the rest of the uh, middle segment here. Right on. And uh, I was going to talk about something, but now I've changed my mind and I want to talk about the Dubsy fish fish sticks. (laughs) Fish sticks? The fish sticks. The uh, is that like the microfiche that we used to look things up in the library on? Oh man! Well, now that would be a better yourself, name, man. wouldn't it? The fiche sticks. <laughs> the microfiche sticks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know what? I was doing just doing some reading and researching this last week, and uh, I had the the movie Major League on, and uh, so I started doing a little thumbing through a book I have about the movie. And uh, thought maybe I should talk a little bit about kind of some behind the scenes stuff that happened with Major League. Of course, a great baseball movie uh, regarded as one of the best of all time in, in most people's uh, humble opinions and in some not so humble opinions. It's not so. Uh, but I, I've always loved Major League from day one when I saw it in the theaters. And uh, I'm sure you're a, you, you're a fan, at least I in some it. capacity. Yeah. yeah, no, it's great. It's it. I think that's one that I actually saw. First of all, I saw it with my mom. I remember I remember the exact theater I saw it. <laughs> nice. But I went back and watched it again, which did not happen very often in my youth. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I remember going back a couple times, too. But uh, my mom actually really enjoyed it, too. She's a complete baseball freak. So, um, 
Well, it came out April 1986. So even you and I were young. Well, one of us was. (laughs) Wow. Ouch. Okay. Um, So, you know, and it's the story of the Cleveland Indians and the the owner wants to lose as many games as possible. Sounds very familiar. Yeah, sounds very familiar. (laughs) Yeah. It's played out a couple of times in real life. um, Including one currently. Including something that's going on right now on, on the left coast. It, uh, it has some interesting stuff. Charlie Sheen, of course, was already a star, and that just made him a bigger star. The, first of all, the movie is about the Cleveland Indians, and they play at their home stadium there in Cleveland, which, well, you know your stadiums. Do you know where Major League oh, was Milwaukee. Filmed? Milwaukee exactly. County Stadium. Exactly. Very good, man. You get bonus points for that. Uh, home of the Brewers back then, and uh, spring training scenes were shot at Tucson's High Corbett Field, which is the actual training park spring training park for cleveland so they get they did get that part right and then uh just to throw it in a third movie college park at college of charleston was the salt lake buzz stadium so they, they kind of oh that they was only shot, that was major league three though right back right. to the I'm minors just that in there is a yeah back to the minors which i i don't want to admit i saw oh um, i've seen it and plus you know it had the salt lake I, they used the buzz, right? It wasn't the bees. Yes. It was the buzz. Yeah, that was right. that was the team I watched. You know, when they moved when they moved in while I was in college. Yeah, that's right. There you go. Was some interesting things. Now I, I mentioned Charlie Sheen. He looked really good out there pitching. Don't you think he looked real natural? He definitely looked better than like Robert De Niro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he uh, he was actually he was had grown up uh, pitching and. He was pretty solid there. He threw the ball uh, when he first came in. He was throwing it at about 79 miles an hour. But all of a sudden, it got jacked up to 85. <laughs> it's because he got jacked up. <laughs> he got jacked up on roids. And he'll flat out tell you straight up. Yeah, this, so they he, he started roiding up and added six miles an hour to his fastball. He looked really good out there. Um, and he said he even got a little roid rage going along with it. Here's a quote. It might he have been that. might have been some of the cocaine too. It sure. could have been. It could have been a combo. Mr. Sheen would occasionally get into a little scuffle, um, and was caused by that that interesting haircut that he had as Rick Vaughn, which I sported for a little part of my life. Uh, I copied the Rick Vaughn look on the back of my head. Did you really? Some I like did. lines no shaved in there. Yep. You can. I was. You know. Now it's normal to like see stuff shaved into somebody's hair on the sides but back then man i was like i was leading the way and didn't catch on until 30 years later you know so what can i say history will not forget you mark well you know what my, my buddy nick this is the best part uh he lost a bet and had to shave mom into the back of his head that was way more interesting than mine but we looked like idiots walking next to each other let me tell you you didn't want anybody following you when you're doing it. anyway. So here's a quote from the roided up, roid raged, strange haircut having Charlie Sheen. He said, uh, I didn't like the haircut because it generated so many comments and bars. I've got enough of that already. Add that to the mix and it's a recipe for a fist fight. I was already, uh, let's say angry because let's just say that I was enhancing my performance a little bit. It was the only time I ever did steroids. I did them for like six or eight weeks you can print this. My fastball went from 79 to like 85. <laughs> so that's just, you know, at least he came out and said it. They're not banned in the movies as far as I know. 
but th- there was another way to make his fastball look like it snapped a little bit more, um, make it look a little bit faster, thrown a little bit harder. And that was by putting the pitching rubber 50 feet, six inches from home plate, uh-huh. not 60 feet. Boy, Bob inches. Gibson would have loved that. <laughs> no one would have seen a Bob Gibson no. <laughs> I can't even imagine. They couldn't hit it from 60 feet. Yeah, they moved the they moved it up a, a good ten feet, so that you know it was it'd be a little bit harder to hit an eighty five mile an hour fastball from fifty feet than it is from sixty feet. So that helped uh, Mr. Wild thing out quite a bit. Interestingly, they actually uh, when you go to another character, Willie Mays Hayes, played by Wesley Snipes, you'll notice in the movie that they only really show him in slow motion when he's taking off stealing bases. He's always in slow mo. Well, that was because he wasn't very fast. <laughs> Wesley Snipes, not the most athletic guy out there, apparently. His running scenes were shot in slow-mo. They never really show him throwing the ball, except, you know, you just see it leave his hand because he couldn't throw. They they got him out there to play catch, and he was, again, not the most athletic guy. Couldn't throw, but boy, did they make him look like a darn good defensive outfielder. Uh, Didn't have any speed, but they made it look like he did. Especially when he's running in his pajamas, you know, the the other guys had to run a little bit slower so that he could pass them up. And uh, it makes that an epic scene, though. Now, was he he was not in the second one, was he? Did they replace no, him? They did replace him with Omar Epps. Uh, yeah, Omar Epps. Another actor. Yeah. yeah. Um, which was unfortunate because I like Wesley Snipes in that movie. I thought he was hilarious. But that's OK. You know, he had to go do the Blade movies, all that stuff. Director, the director, David S. Ward, actually made, when you came in to read for one of the roles of the players, he made you play catch. You not just had to read the role script and and try and read for the part. You also had to play catch and uh, make sure that you could throw and catch and figure out the mechanics and all that stuff. Because he wanted it to look at least decent, aside from Wesley Snipes, of course. What happened was they actually had a spring training. They had a... um, it was like for two and a half weeks, they went out and, and had uh, played catch, hit the ball, basically had their own spring training for actors just to get everybody to the point of where they didn't look so awkward out on the field. So if, you, if you're looking at that, it was kind of a boot camp and it was run by, and here we go, professional podcasting, ladies and gentlemen, run by Steve Yeager. I was going to say, wasn't Steve Yeager the like the <laughs> protagonist? Oh no, Vuk was was Haywood, but wasn't Steve Yeager uh, another player, another character? He was he was the first base coach. <laughs> yeah, Steve Yeager, uh he ended up because it went so well, he ended up being the actual baseball technical advisor for the whole rest of the movie when it was originally assigned to him just to do spring training. A little bit about Steve Yeager, you talked about him 15 years in the big leagues. Every one of them for the Los Angeles Dodgers, except for the last 50 for my Seattle Mariners. So if we were playing Wax Pack Heroes, there's an extra point for you. Last year, last season. Yeah. This is last season. Another thing that we talked about Charlie Sheen going out at night and occasionally getting into a, a tough spot. James Gammon, who played Lou Brown, apparently was quite a partier. He was known for his heavy drinking and being right back on set the next day. Here's a quote from Charlie Sheen about James Gannon. He says, James Gannon, you want to talk about an absolute warlock? This guy shows up one morning and he's so hungover that he has the bar still attached to his head. I've never seen a man in this much pain trying to make a cup of coffee. He was an awesome dude. 
So not only did you get the party with Charlie Sheen, but James Gammon as well. You know, apparently he was out there on the front lines. And he's he's got one of the classic lines from that movie. You know, you may run like maze, but you <laughs> hit like. <laughs> you don't hit well. Yeah. Yeah. Classic. Uh, one, I love that character, too. I think uh, Mr. Gammon. I think he and and the manager from The Natural are like my just two favorite. Well, that was uh, oh, what's his name? The uh, diabetes guy. Uh, in the natural yeah, uh, uh, Wilford Brimley Wilford Brimley yeah I mean those two are just they're just such perfect stereotyped yes. old school baseball from, skippers from their era just it, dead on yeah absolutely true yeah and and Gammon was an absolute great pick for that role I agree here's something interesting I found initially Major League Baseball didn't think the Yankees were going to allow the Yankees to be the bad guys in the movie so they went to the Yankees management and asked them. And to this day, David S. Ward says that he probably wouldn't have gotten the approval of Mr. Steinbrenner had Mr. Steinbrenner not been from Cleveland and had a soft spot for the city of, of Cleveland. So he gave them the opportunity to do that, which I thought was kind of cool. I don't know if they do that all the time, but just to just to interject there, w- another movie that is semi baseball related, uh, Naked Gun. Yes. They had a real hard time coming together with Major League Baseball and the teams as to who the Angels would be playing in the game, where you know Reggie's gonna gonna kill the Queen, right? And there's a giant fight. And- yeah, I mean, and and the Mariners were like third or fourth team that they approached the production team approached nobody really wanted to be involved with it but the mariners are like sure sign us up hey sold an extra couple hats that way you know another thing let's talk about bob euchre uh euchre was actually of course the radio announcer at that time for milwaukee still is yep and and so but when uh when they cast him, David S. Ward, when they cast him, uh, cast Euchre, just knew him as the funny guy that's on Mr. Belvedere. You know, Johnny Carson sometimes <laughs> and Mr. Belvedere. <laughs> he didn't know he was an actual announcer. And so when they found out, they said, you know what, man, here's a script and all, but kind of do your own thing. And so a lot of the lines, like just a bit outside, or this guy threw at his own son at a father's son game, a lot of that was just, he was just riffing. I'm sure. He, he was just throwing stuff out there and it all became completely legendary. I'm betting they had to cut a lot of it lest they get an X rating. Uh, just <laughs> He is known for being hilarious and off the cuff, but also very blue when he wants to be. Yeah, he's hysterical. He's hysterical. Not in the movie, he's hysterical. In the movie, he was a perfect casting choice. Really sold that, especially to baseball fans, I thought. Here's one that blew me away. What do, you, do you know of Jeremy Piven's involvement in Major League? Piven, no. Yeah, that's because they cut all his scenes. Yeah, that's probably a good um, thing. He played an insult-hurling insult bench jockey. So he would be in there, and he'd be screaming at the other players. Or, you with know, with Cleveland trouble. or with, with other teams? With Cleveland. Okay. And so he was, yeah, he was like at various points of the movie, he would, they would show him, you know, hurling insults, insulting players saying he should have done this. He didn't do that. But it really didn't fit into the whole, how the movie looked. So they cut absolutely all of Jeremy. I wonder, can you see him in the background in any shots? That's a great question. I looked, I did not, but I was not going over it with a fine tooth comb, partially because I don't have a fine tooth comb. Yeah, you, you, you. 
your hair is much too precious to be a That's fine right. tooth comb. You need That's what it is. Yeah. There you go, right? Here's a, here's a final thought on the on the final scenes of the movie. They actually tested uh, Rachel Phelps, played by Margaret Witten. She was the owner of the team. She came out at the end of the movie and said, I was doing this on purpose to inspire you guys. And I wanted to be the bad guy to give you something to shoot for. And now we get to stay in Cleveland. But that did not test well with uh, test audiences. Is John Fisher going to pull this at some point in the near future here? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe so. Because it's not working. It's, it's, no, not it's not working. No, no, and it probably won't work. But uh, yeah, that, that was a tested out, but it didn't go over well. So they cut it all out and made her the bad guy after all, which it makes sense to me. Apparently in one of the versions of the DVD, and there's a ton of them, I think the Wild Thing version, you can actually see the alternate ending. But I could not find it. Um, I, I want. I want to see the Piven. Uh, the Piven scenes. Too. I do too. I totally. Want I just to want to. I want a director's cut of. I mean, I want this of all of my favorite movies of just everything. I, I want to consume more. <laughs> Another quick thing I saw uh, just picked up was that um, you know when when they're hitting the balls at Roger Dorn and he shows all those bruises. Those are real because they were hitting rubberized balls at him the whole day, and he wanted to actually take it. You know, boom off the chest and try and make the plays talk about a go for it guy man Car- corbin bernson hit me with the ball i don't care that's awesome maybe he's just like us and he's just like somebody's gonna let me play baseball <laughs> just <laughs> right exactly exactly and now this is i saved this for last because i, I really like this really kind of captures what the director was was looking for in this movie another alternate ending was going to be to include the film with jake and lynn getting married so showing their wedding with all the players there and so on but the director felt this took too much focus off of the team's victory brilliant more baseball less romance thank you so much so that is my story of behind the scenes of major league baseball or major league (laughs) of all of major (laughs) league baseball wow major league the movie yes Wow. So I'm just looking at the I'm looking at the cast list here because I, I had no idea what you're going to talk about today. Uh, we've talked about Charlie Sheen, who was sued by uh, Mitch Williams. Yes. Or was it the other way around? I, I think I, it I was. I can't remember. No, I think it, it was, was. I think Mitch, I think Wild Thing sued Charlie Sheen, although. He, he was, changed his number to 99, though. Yeah, I mean, it, it just seems to me like Charlie Sheen was Ricky Vaughn long before Mitch Williams was Mitch Williams, you know, that version of Mitch Williams. Right. But yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I did my research, but not on that part because I wasn't interested. But uh, no, I'm just kidding. It, I, I honestly don't know the answer to that. But Charlie Sheen is a big baseball fan, or at least he oh, was. Yeah, he loves it. Yeah. And boy, I think I think Tom Berenger, Berenger, how do you say his name? Ber- Behringer. Behringer. Behringer if he's a real ball player. He was great as Jake Taylor. I mean, just he, he again was, you know, Ricky Vaughn was 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 a great pitching character. And, and Roger Dorn was a great high priced prima donna, you know, high paid veteran. But Jake Taylor was great. I mean, waking up, he's playing in the Mexican League just because he loves <laughs> the game. The yep, knees, yep. he can barely move, uh, you know, laying down the bunt and then beating it. First of all, he wore no uh, ear flaps on his helmet. So you got to love that. I think yes. everybody wore real syrups, too. You got to love that. Yeah, yep. uh, we're not even talking about Pedro Serrano yet, right? I mean, well, interestingly, Dennis Haysbert, who played Pedro Serrano, he actually hit several real home runs during the filming of that game. 
or of the movie. And uh, the where he carries the bat around, uh, the bases, totally not scripted. He was so excited. He hit it out. He was so excited. He was playing with the scene because that was the tying run or whatever. And he's running around the bases with his bat. They left it in because it fit. But he, he forgot to drop the bat because he was so into the scene. The other guy I like to talk about in reference, and it kind of goes along with Pedro, was uh, Eddie Harris, the veteran pitcher, <laughs> the you know, with grease and, and stuff in every possible location on his body. I think in the locker room one time he's got his shirt off and there's just yes. spots. Of- <laughs> Crisco, Bardall. <laughs> And then, of course, you know, he uh, he messes with Joe Boo and, and pays the price. That's right. I did some reading a while ago. The actual Joe Boo, I think, is missing. I think it has been lost to time. No, I found out somebody bought it for like 30 grand. Really? Well, and that's money well spent. I'm not going to lie. At home, and he's been offered all kinds of money for it. I can't remember who it was. My apologies. Is it, but, it somebody involved in the production or a, an actor? Or is there yeah, just some it, was, it was a musician of some kind. Ah. Yeah, uh, I'll find it out. I'll have it for you next week. Pedro, hats, uh, hats for bats. Hats for bats. And, uh, you know, you don't hit, help me hit curveball. I do it myself. <laughs> and, hey, yes. barkeep, Joe Boo needs a wreath. I'm, this is probably <laughs> one of my, I'm thinking, I, now that I'm looking back on it, this might be one of my most quoted movies. I mean, you, you oh, signed gosh, into yes. our, our, our production here as, as uh, Rick Vaughn today. So I told you that we wear caps and sleeves at this level immediately. I mean, there's right. just so many quotes. Oh yeah. All over the place. And, and you know, that's a movie I never really get tired of watching. If I'm flipping and it's on, I'll, I'll stay and I'll watch it. Here's one. Do you remember, this is a long time ago. This, do you remember the trailer? For this movie. Yes. Oh, we've talked about this. Yeah, we've talked about this. You and I have. Yes. Vaughn is is upset about the Grand Slam he gave up to Clue Haywood. And uh, in the commercial, Jake comes out and he's talking to uh, Rick Vaughn on the mound. He says, that ball wouldn't have been out of most parks. And Rick says, name one. And Jake says... Yellowstone. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Wasn't in the movie. Was in the trailer. Hilarious line. But uh, it didn't make the movies for some reason. Yeah, that's... I do remember it. That's, I mean, that's a great, I don't know. And that was, it takes like 20 seconds. Like, why is that not in the movie? That's got to be in, maybe we should make a director's cut. Well, let's get, let's get <laughs> the go. footage. We'll get all the Piven footage too. Oh yeah. Cause you know, they obviously had to shoot it on film at that point. And I'm sure it's still all in one piece. No, yeah, I'm sure it would be easy to get a hold of and talk the guy into doing a director's cut. Yeah. All yeah, right. Shouldn't well, be a problem. I'll get on it. Well, let's, uh, let's start a little GoFundMe, uh, two strike noise, GoFundMe. Uh, for this and uh, we'll make it happen sounds good man all right so that's uh good good stuff major league i'm probably gonna go watch major league now yeah uh, i i uh, i enjoyed watching it while i was preparing for the show <laughs> great movie all right so uh, thank you mark that'll wrap up the middle segment of the show and that is going to put us firmly in the final third of the show where we like to uh, open some old baseball cards, talk about them, and inevitably have Mark uh, beat me with our our (laughs) rules and how we play the game that we do call Wax Packs. Wax Pack Hero! Gotta pull a Wax Pack Hero! On the podcast tonight. 
All right, Mark, uh, last week uh, I admitted that I had lost the score for the uh, current season. Still haven't found it. Uh, I'm going to, I think we're tied though. I think it's, I think it's probably like five to five. I believe you're right. Yes. So uh, if, if that's wrong, I'm sure somebody will tell us, but uh, let's just go on the assumption that it is five to five. And uh, we're going to open up, uh, we're going to finish up this big pack of tops 2003s from last week that we started where you absolutely shellacked me. <laughs> that was that was a fun week. Yeah, not as fun as the week I had before that, but still. Where you completely destroyed me. Yes. <laughs> we need to get into a, some kind of a horse race here, some kind of a real battle. Because we've been having boring games. So, uh, Mark, we, we're going to, like I said, uh, some more 2003 tops. If you're new here, uh, quick, we're, we're going to go through the rules here uh, because we score these. Uh, first thing we're going to do, we're going to take the uh, year of the card, which in this case is 2003. Then we're going to take the player off each card and we're going to look up the baseball reference war and total those up. But we've got a couple of things that can add or subtract to that. Anything on the player's face in this card, that means glasses, mustache, eye black, anything like that. Extra tenth of a point for each of those. If it is a great mustache like Wade Boggs, Keith Hernandez, you can get a bonus tenth of a point for that. If we can see real stirrups where we can see the sanitary socks underneath it, that's great. That's an extra tenth of a point. If they are wearing the two-in-ones, which I'm guessing most of these people will, if we can see them, that's a minus tenth of a point. If they won any awards this year, Rookie of the Year, Cy Young, MVP, All-Star, or were a Gold Glove winner, that's a half a point each uh, for each of those awards. If there's a Hall of Famer on the card, whether they are the focus or not, you get extra whole point of war. This was this is only going to apply to me. If Ricky Henderson shows up anywhere in either of these uh, packs of cards, I'm going to get five points, even if it's in Mark's pack. Mark gets those if Nolan Ryan shows up, but I don't think he's going to show up in a 2003 pack. So Probably not. Uh, yeah. Uh, and then uh, if they were suspended or uh, mentioned in the Mitchell report at all during their career, that is a minus half of a point. And any pop culture references, you're going to get a half a point for that unless they appeared in The Simpsons, Sabrina the Teenage Witch or Seinfeld, in which case you will get a whole point of war. That's on par with the Hall of Fame bonus. And I think it should be. So you got that. Uh, plus, we're each going to pick a team, Mark. And uh, just like the Ricky and Nolan Ryan, my team shows up in either pack. I get half a point. Mark's team shows up uh, in uh, either pack. He gets a half a point. So, Mark, which team are you going with today? You know what? I'm going to go with the Angels. Wow. Okay. I I mean, you did major league. I assumed you were going right. to go with Cleveland. but Would have been too obvious. All right, well, I'm going to go with Cleveland then. <laughs> it's too obvious, Jeff. <laughs> I, well, if you picked Cleveland, I was going to pick the Yankees. So yeah, I, was, I, I was picking, I was sticking with the theme. All right, Mark, so uh, let's go ahead and open this for you. And uh, let's go here. So you're going to start out with a, okay, now are, are you, did you, we, we don't have our video on, right? Because you've got an mm. angel to start out with. Nice. Uh, it is second baseman Adam Kennedy. So Adam Kennedy, 14 years in the big leagues, seven with the Angels, three with the Cardinals, and then a bunch of other teams, including a single year with the Mariners and the A's. Yes. I do not remember him as an Oakland athletic. That was uh, in 2009 he 
he played for the A's. He had a decent year. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. Uh, member of the 2002 World Series team with the Angels, and he was the ALCS MVP in that year. Let's see other numbers. He hit 312. Or no, I'm sorry. We're in 2003. He hit 269. Yeah, a little bit That's of a drop. It's not 312. No, uh, on base <laughs> almost exactly the same. 344 and a 399 slugging. He had 13 home runs, 49 RBI, 22 stolen bases, a 98 OPS plus, and that is going to equal a 3.5 plus. He's on the Angels. That's your team. So that'll be a four. And he has got eye black on, so that will be a 4.1. Very nice. Not a bad way to start out for... Well done, Kennedy. Adam Kennedy. Uh, let's see. Overall, uh, wow, he did have a good ALCS that uh, in 2002. Hit 357 with three home runs Ooh. in four games. Okay, yeah, that's solid. So, yeah, that's pretty good. Overall, he was a first-round draft pick in the 97 draft by the Cardinals, 20th overall. He was traded from the Cardinals to the Angels for Jim Edmonds. Oh, wow. Yeah, so obviously they thought highly of him. All right, so uh, that's a pretty good start for you, 4.1 from Adam Kennedy. Next, uh, you've got a Boston Red Sox. It's I don't know if he prefers to be called an idiot or a caveman. It's Johnny Damon. Johnny Damon. Probably going to be a little short here. Uh, Johnny Damon, I don't. he's not officially on the do not talk about list, but I don't want to talk about him too much. Uh, Johnny Damon played for 18 years in the big leagues, six with Kansas City, four with the Yankees, four with the Red Sox, and then uh, a couple of other teams one year, including... The Oakland Athletics. Uh, 2003, he was with Boston. He hit 273, 345 on base, 12 home runs, 67 RBI, 30 stolen bases. You got a lot of uh, stolen bags so far in your first two guys. I knew we, we can run over here. Yeah, 94 OPS plus, and uh, overall, that's going to be a 3.4 war. Uh, let's see here. He is clean shaven on this. Mm. Uh, he even has short hair. Uh, it's really a little bit off-putting. Um, <laughs> I'm glad I don't have to see it. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Johnny Damon won uh, two World Series during his career, one with the Red Sox in 2004 and then one with the Yankees in 2009. Uh, first round draft pick, yeah, another one. 35th pick overall, 92 amateur draft by the Kansas City Royals. Big three-way trade with the Royals, the Rays, and the A's. The Kansas City, uh, he was traded from Kansas City with Mark Ellis to Oakland. I did not know that's how Mark Ellis got in Oakland. The A's sent Ben Grieve, who was a rookie of the year, to Tampa mm-hmm. Bay. And uh, then uh, Angel Barroa and A.J. Hinch were sent to the Royals from the A's. The Rays got Corey Lytle from the A's. And then the Rays sent Roberto Hernandez to the Royals. So, I, I mean, that was a pretty big trade. There's a lot of... That's a, that's a hefty trade. A lot of sure. uh, 90s, uh, early 2000s names there. Uh, yeah. Johnny Damon, of course, kind of the... the I think he, he and Millar were the kind of the leaders of the idiots uh, <laughs> with, the, uh, with the Boston Red Sox. Uh, he's got a lot of, uh, I'm sure, I think he's got a book out. Maybe I need to read that. Oh, look at this. Uh, February 22nd made his debut with the Savannah Bananas. Ah, there you go. So uh, he's been a member of that as well. Now, you are going to definitely get a half a point of war here. 
looking at this, uh, contributed backing vocals to the Dropkick Murphys uh, version of Tessie, which is a wow. freaking awesome song. Hosted WWE Raw in 2009. He was on the Celebrity Apprentice. Uh, he was on an Animal Planet show called Tanked, which I believe is about oh, yeah. like these extravagant fish tanks. Yeah. Uh, if uh, you're watching MTV Cribs in 2005, you got to see his home. He was on Dancing with the Stars, apparently. I, wow. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. And uh, I have seen this. This is one of my guilty pleasures. He was on two different seasons of Below Deck Mediterranean. <laughs> okay. He did not come off well. I know he's also been busted uh, several times for DWI and pulled out the Do You Know Who I Am card uh, on one of them. So uh, I'm going to just stop there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll go on to your next card. So you're at 7.5. Uh, oh, wow. Your next card for the Arizona Diamondbacks. I remember this guy gave up a huge home run. He's uh, my closer. He's been my closer on out of the park baseball for quite a while. It's Byung Hung Kim. Byung Hung Kim. He had a few good years. I think he won the won the World Series with the Diamondbacks in 2001. Yep. Uh, in 2003, he split time between Arizona and Boston. Overall, he went 9-10 and 10 with 16 saves, a 3.31 ERA, 122 innings pitch, 102 strikeouts. Good for a 142 ERA plus, and that is going to garner you a 1, or no, I'm sorry, a 2.8. Oh, nice. Uh, Usually closers don't get that much love. So I read something today. Uh, that baseball reference in their war formula, they calculate uh, pressure situations for relievers. Oh, really? So if you come into high leverage situations, they give you, you know, a little bit of a boost. So if you come in and you're inheriting runners or you're coming in uh, in a closing situation, you will get a little bit higher war on baseball reference. Huh. I, it's okay. weird that I just read that today, but... Uh, Let's see, obviously, uh, played overseas before he came here. He spent uh, in the KBO uh, four seasons, and then in the NPB, he, or no, he did he, he never played in the NPB. He played in the, let's see, oh, wow, the Golden Baseball League, and then the Japanese Eastern League, hmm. and then the KBO, and then in the Australian League in 2018 and 19. Wow. Really? Wow. He went 1-0 and uh, in nine games with a .93 ERA <laughs> for the Melbourne Aces. So uh, congratulations there. I'm not sure if he's going to get any pop culture references or not. Well, uh, he owns a Japanese restaurant in San Diego called Umi Sushi. Oh, well, we have to uh, check it out. I mean, at least he did. And then in August of 2021, he signed with General Entertainment. Hmm. <laughs> so what are you? Uh, what are you going to do? Uh, just General Entertainment. Just generally uh, <laughs> entertain. <laughs> what are you entertained with? Just general stuff. Yeah. So it, it looks like he's been in a couple of TV shows. I have to assume that most of these are Korean. Yeah. And uh, it looks like most of them have to do with sports. He was in a, it's called the King of Mask Singer, which it, it's, it's, it's obviously Korean, but it looks yeah. like it's a little bit different than the U.S. version where they've got like, they look like mascots, right? 
Yeah. Uh, here he is. Uh, it looks like it's a singing competition, but they wear luchador masks instead, <laughs> which is much cooler. I agree totally. Uh, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you half a point. If he was yes. wearing a luchador mask on TV, you've earned it. Absolutely agree. Sounds All good. All right, here we go. You're at 10.8. Next, you got pitcher for the Rockies, Sean Chacone. Eight years in the big leagues, 45 and 61 overall record with 36 saves. Uh, that's over eight years if I missed that out. Good news for you. In 2003 was his lone all-star year with the Rockies. He went 11 and 8 with a 4.60 ERA. Uh, let's see, started all 23 games, 137 innings. That seems kind of low for 23 games. Uh, only struck out 93, a 1.08 ERA, though. And that will be good for a war of 1.9. Plus, he was an all-star, so that'll be 2.4. Uh, he's got a, he's got a, well, he's got a heavy shadow. Let's just say that. So yeah. uh, we'll give that a, a 2.5 for you uh, there with Sean Chacon. I actually got points from a Colorado pitcher. <laughs> for his pitching. Yeah, let's see if yeah, there's uh, wow. anything else. Uh, born in Anchorage, Alaska. No kidding. Huh. I don't think there are many Major League Baseball players that were born in Anchorage, Alaska. And then uh, it looks like he ended his career in the minor leagues for the A's. Remember him playing in the green and gold. Looks like he's had some problems with the law as well, which we won't go into. So, all right. Well, one of your favorite players that to do not talk about is from Anchorage, Kurt Schilling. Oh, boy, really? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we know two of two players, major league players from Anchorage, Alaska, have been in go. trouble uh, <laughs> with the... I don't know if Schilling's been arrested, but he's done stuff he's not supposed to. All right, uh, next you've got, boy, I remember this guy. Uh, this guy, it was a skinny, like if he turned sideways, you might not see him, but he could throw really hard as a reliever. Here he is with the Cubs, Juan Cruz. 12 years in the big leagues. Didn't He was a reliever, so he didn't really uh, stick around too long with any team. Arizona, Chicago, Cubs, Royals, Rays, Pirates, Atlanta and Oakland, which I don't remember that. I think I guess I guess I vaguely remember the Oakland uh, stop. It was not good. Uh, let's see. In 2003 with the Cubs, equally not good. Two and seven with a 6.05 ERA. Oh, good. 25 games, 61 innings, uh, 65 strikeouts. That's not bad. He gave up 66 hits, though, for a 72 ERA plus. And that is, oh, I like it. Minus 0.7. And there's nothing on this card that's going to help you out. Oh, wow. He was traded to Atlanta with Dan Meyer, or uh, traded by Atlanta with Dan Meyer and Charles Thomas to the A's for Tim Hudson. Oh, wow. wow. I would say the, uh, I'd say Atlanta got the better end of that deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It didn't quite pan out for the A's. No. All right, so you're at uh, 12.6. You've got two cards left. Here you go with the Rockies' Juan Uribe. Full name, Juan C. Uribe. Like C period. <laughs> this full name? <laughs> That's the C period. If I, had a, if I had a kid, I would really think about just giving him a middle initial and no middle name. That's kind of cool. Not going to lie. Uh, 16 years in the big leagues for Juan Five with the Dodgers, five with the White Sox, then a bunch of other teams. 
In uh, 2003 with Colorado in 87 games, he hit 253, 297 on base, 10 home runs, 33 RBI, 7 stolen bases, 76 OPS plus. And that is good for a 1.2 war. Oh, it's a positive. That's good. Yeah, nothing else on this card is going to help you out. Bumping you back up after the uh, the Juan Cruz card. Uh, let's see, won a World Series in 2005 with the Chicago White Sox, as well as 2010 with the San Francisco Giants. So that's mm. not bad lugging around two rings like that. Oh, wow, this is interesting. So he grew up in the, he's he's from the Dominican Republic. And uh, uh, Jose Uribe of the Giants, remember? He was on, he was on that 89 San Francisco team that Roger yes. Craig managed uh, he was the starting shortstop he was Juan's second cousin although Juan oh, called him okay. uncle interesting but that's how he got into baseball so that's pretty cool and again professional cool. podcasting we mentioned Roger Craig earlier we knew something like this would come up it's kind of innate it, it was you it's just what happens as a podcaster that's right I can't when you really get into it. it you can feel it breathing through yeah. you and, and uh, you automatically just make these connections it's, it's unbelievable it's like oxygen it uh, let's see he's done some uh, some charity work but he has also been involved in a shooting so <laughs> i think we'll go ahead and we'll we'll let's move on yeah let's move on <laughs> to your last card i know we've had this guy before and i hate having to type his name in because it's uh, it's a i have a hard time typing his name in as Harry Carey did pronouncing it, here with the Dodgers, Mark Grudzelanek. I think I'd call him like Grudz Dog. That seems like a nickname <laughs> that a baseball player would give Mark Grudzelanek. Let's see, uh, 15 years in the big leagues, five with the Dodgers, four with the Expos, a bunch of other teams in 2003 with the Cubs. This was Harry's first year of having to say his name. 120, well, true, I, maybe Harry wasn't around in 2003. Maybe, I, maybe I'm remembering him trying to pronounce his name when he was with the Dodgers and the Expos earlier. But 2003, he hit 314, 366 on base, three home runs, 38, uh, 38 RBI, six stolen bases, a 103 OPS plus. He received uh, MVP votes this year. He came in 27th in MVP voting, which is... Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's higher than I ever finished. Uh, that is quite a bit higher than I ever finished as well. Uh, and all of that is good for a 2.3 war. Okay. Um, let's see. I I can't call that a mustache. Uh, I think we're going to just have to stick with 2.3. Gotcha. Chris Atlantic, uh, on June 20th, 2019 was one of the new inductees into the National Polish-American Sports Hall of Fame. Congratulations. Yes. If you want to see that, check it out in Troy, Michigan. So I, I mentioned uh, 27th in MVP voting. He was tied with Bobby Abreu, Miguel Cabrera, Jim Edmonds, Derek Lee, and Russ Ortiz in 27th. Oh, wow. And then followed in 33rd and 34th place by Rafael Furcal and Dontrell Willis. So a lot, I mean, Barry Bonds won with 95% of the vote, but there were a lot of other guys. I think a lot of voters are like, Bonds is going to win. I'm just going to vote for this guy because he had a good year. (laughs) Yes. All right. So uh, let's see. That gives you a 16.1. Okay. That's more of an average score. It's a winnable score. It's a losable score. Yeah. Yeah. than, Than what you had last week. So let's go ahead and we'll open up mine and see what becomes of it. Mark Grezelonik, by the way, I think is still managing the, uh, Cleveland or the Cleveland, the Charlotte Knights. Mm. Yeah. I think they're the Brewers triple A club right now. All right. 
Oh, I'm going to start off with the Topps Rookie. I'm not sure I'm going to get a lot of points, but he's got that little cup on the card, so that's pretty cool. Uh, Alex Sanchez. The uh, pitcher. No. This is no. Alex Sanchez, the outfielder. Oh, that's right. The other Alex Sanchez would have been much earlier. Let's see. Alex Sanchez, five years in the big leagues, three with Milwaukee, two with Detroit, and split some time with the Rays and the Giants. In 2003, he spent half the year with Milwaukee, half with Detroit. Overall, he hit 287, 319 on base, one home run, 32 RBI, 52 stolen bases. I wow. like it. Uh, 84 OPS plus. And all of that is going to equal a war of zero. <laughs> With Milwaukee, he was at a minus point two, and then he got traded to the Tigers, and he played a lot better there, and he had a point two in the positive. But uh, that is going to get me absolutely butt kiss. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, apparently there was some friction in the uh, Milwaukee clubhouse that he caused, which is why he was traded midseason to Detroit. He was, and in 2004, he was on pace to shatter the record for bunt hits in a season held by Brett Butler, but then injured his leg and missed the second half of the season. Ah. Well, he, this is good. Not for me, but for you. Became the first major league player to be suspended for violating the league's newly adopted uh, steroid policy. So uh, that'll be a minus half a point for me, actually. Yes. Oops. Pretty typical for me, I think. All right. Uh, next card is uh, this is the guy I was trying to think of a couple of weeks ago. I think he is uh, likewise won a World Series with the 2001 D-backs. It is Tony Womack. I remember him. 13 years in the big leagues, five with the D-backs, five with the Pirates and then a bunch of other teams. In 2003, he split time with the uh, D-backs and the Rockies. Overall, 103 games, 226 average, 251 on base, two home runs, 22 RBI, 13 stolen bases. He led the league in stolen bases three years in a row, 97, 98, 99. Couldn't have any of those for me, though. No. So uh, let's see. Overall, oh, it's only a, a war of uh, minus 1.9. Ouch. <laughs> this, is, this is kind of turning out to be a typical... Um, <laughs> Jeff Pack here at this point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, nothing on this card is really going to help me out either. <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah, he was a member of the 2001 D-backs that won the World Series. He was traded a lot, but uh, really nobody of note. Uh, well, he uh, he played for the Yankees and was their second baseman until he was eventually edged out by a young Robinson Cano. Uh -huh. Which I can see how that happens. Yeah, I could. I don't want to go up against him for a second base job. No. Not back then. All right. Uh, next, I got a guy who's a fan of his father. Uh, I remember him, though, here as a pitcher with the Expos. It's Tony Armas Jr. Let's see. Ten years in the big leagues. Uh, also the nephew of Marcus Armas. Yes, my buddy. The Armas family. Uh, good Good baseball family. Uh, ten years in the big leagues, eight with the Nationals slash Expos, one with the Mets, one with the Bucks. In 2003, in five games, he only went, uh, only, he went two and one with a 2.61 ERA, 31 innings, pitched 23 strikeouts. Uh, this is coming off a year before where he led the league in wild pitches. Uh, didn't have any in those five games. A 174 ERA plus. And that will equal a war of 
That is uh, positive. clearly my best card, but I'm still in the negative uh, because uh, of the uh, other guys that uh, I've been dealing with. Uh, let's see, he was traded uh, for Pedro Martinez at one point. You got to think pretty highly of you uh, at that. But of course, I remember, I mean, grew up watching his uh, father play for the sure. A's, Tony Armas, who played 14 Absolutely. years in baseball. All right. Uh, my next card, I'm at minus 0.1, by the way. Uh, with the Brewers, Ruben Cavedo. Vaguely remember Ruben. I have no idea who that is. Well, then let's explore his history, shall we? Ruben. Let's, let's take a look. Four years in the big leagues. Uh, three with the Brewers, one with the Cubs. 2003 was his final year in baseball with Milwaukee. One in four marks, 6.75 ERA, 42 innings pitched, 19 strikeouts, a 64 ERA plus, and that's good for a minus 0.4 war. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> uh, nothing on this card is going to help me out. Uh, let's see. He was traded by Atlanta with uh, pitcher Micah Bowie. I remember that name. He was good. He was a really uh, like he was a prospect, Micah Bowie. And I, I do remember out. that. Yeah. He was traded to the Cubs for Jose Hernandez and Terry Mulholland. Yeah, I was working for Atlanta at that point. I remember when those two came in. Uh, let's see. He passed away, unfortunately, in 2016 of a heart attack. Oh, man. That is going to. Oh, wow. Look at this. Uh, When I Googled Ruben Cavedo, related to Ruben Cavedo and Tony Armas senior search results is Jeremy Gonzalez with the Mets, which I just so happened to see that he holds the record against Barry Bonds for most uh, plate appearances against Barry Bonds without walking him or giving up a home run out of anybody. And do you know how many that plate appearances this record is? I have no idea. Seven. <laughs> <laughs> wow, he got it way up there. Yeah, but uh, that's pretty cool that that's I impressive. happened to read that. All right, next I've got, oh, I got a Hall of Famer. Uh-oh. All right, let's see what, uh, here with the Yankees, which, oh, oh, shoot, that's not my team because you didn't go with the. Uh, you didn't go with Cleveland. Uh, here he is with the uh, with the Yankees. It's Mike Mussina. Ooh. So Moose, 18 years in the big leagues, 10 with Baltimore, 8 with the Yankees. 2003, he went 17 and 8 with a 3.4 ERA, 214 innings pitched, 195 strikeouts, a 130 ERA plus. He did win a gold glove this year as well which is good news for me. That is a 6.6 war. He's a Hall of Ooh. Famer, so that's 7.6, and a gold glover, so that'll be 8.1. Yowch. There's a score. It takes a Hall of Famer. really it does. does. Uh, let's see. Moose, uh, five-time All-Star, seven-time gold glove winner, never won a World Series, even, uh, even with the Yankees, where he appeared in a lot of postseason games. My goodness. I mean, from 2001 through 2007, you know, the Yankees were in the playoffs just about every year, but he sure. never, never won a World Series ring. Weird. First round draft pick of the Orioles. He was an 11th round draft pick of the Orioles in 87, didn't sign, and then in 90, they picked him with the 20th overall pick of the draft. Uh, let's see. Born in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, home of the Little League World Series. That'll be coming up uh, not too far away. Also, uh, played at Stanford. Oh, boy. 
near perfect games. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, where uh, he ended up with one or two hitters. Mm. Uh, seven time gold glover, as I mentioned, uh, won 15 games in a season 11 times. Appeared wow. in two World Series, but didn't win one. Had a 121 season, two 19 win seasons. And wow, I mean, just a great, great pitcher. Absolutely. Oh, I think we've had him before, and I think. I think I'm going to get a half a point for pop culture here. Crossword puzzle enthusiast featured in the 2006 documentary film Wordplay. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All right. I'll take that from Moose. That'll put me up to 8.1. You finished with a 16.1. So I'm only halfway uh, to you, and I've only got two cards left. Well, you need another Mike Messina. Yeah. So uh, here we go with the Rockies second baseman, Brent Butler. Not Brett. Brent Brent Butler. Only three years in the big leagues, all of it with Colorado, the last of which was 2003, where he appeared in 37 games. He hit 211, 276 on base, one home run, four RBI, one stolen base, 42 OPS plus. And that's good for a war of minus 0.1. Back to that side. (laughs) Uh, He's got socks on, but no stirrups showing, so that's not going to help me out at all. Thanks a lot. You need Ricky Henderson. <laughs> I don't even know if Ricky can save me, especially in 2003 at this point. Well, yeah. All right, so I'm at eight even, and uh, my final card. I don't think this is going to get me up there. I don't think I don't think that this player is worth 8.1 worth of war his entire career. <laughs> uh, it is catcher for the Orioles, Geronimo Gill. Yeah, probably not. And this is another uh, top rookie card, so he's got the the cup on it, but I'm going to guess not a whole lot of numbers. Let's see, 2003. Oh, he's nicknamed the Chief because uh, I'm guessing because of the Geronimo. Very original. Uh, Six years in the big leagues, five with Baltimore, one with Colorado. In 2003, he only appeared in 54 games, hit 237, 299 on base, three home runs, 16 RBI, a 63 OPS plus. Ah, It's a war of .3. Hey, positive. Uh, I think what it, because he's got the the rookie cup on his card, it means I get to times my score by his uh, WAR minus the uh, the uh, decimal place, so times three, right? No, oh, I'm, I'm. Let me look through the rules here real quick. Well, I've got the rule book. I'm the commissioner, and I've got the rule book right in front of me. Right, um, mine's from 1943, so I guess I'm <laughs> behind anyway. Yeah, I don't think that this is going to help me. Well, I'm, I mean, I know this is not going to help me. All right, yeah, nothing's going to help me there from uh, Geronimo. I mean, it, does it count, you know, any sort of Geronimo reference throughout history? No, we don't have a historical reference uh, category yet. Oh, all right. That was my last shot. But, uh, yeah. all right, so that'll be 8.3 for me, and uh, I have fallen once again to the the powerhouse. I mean, you're a four-time back-to-back-to-back-to-back. You're the only champion that this game has known. Well, you know, uh, we practice a lot here. <laughs> when can when are you going to just retire and go into the Hall of Fame and give the rest of us a chance? <laughs> I've got to I've got to have at least 10, 10 seasons under my belt. You would think. Jeez, <sighs> that's it's, uh, it's going to be a rough long way me. to go, man. Long way to go. Yeah. All right. Well, congratulations to you. That'll wrap up another uh, edition of Wax Packs Heroes, as well as another edition of the podcast. Thank you all once again for joining us. If you want to rate and review us, uh, I'm not going to hold a gun to your head, but we'd sure appreciate it. 
uh, gets uh, help spread the word, get some uh, other people uh, that might want to listen to us, which is kind of hard to imagine if you ask my wife. But I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to say that there are still some people that want to listen to us uh, talk about baseball and baseball history. You can find us on all of the social medias at Two Strike Noise. That is at T.W.O. Strike Noise. Uh, all the links will be in the show notes. We also have an email address, Mark. You can write to us at Two Strike Noise. Spell it out, T-W-O, Strike Noise, at gmail.com. All right. Thank you very much, Mark. Go get some uh, some honey tea yes. and some Ricola. And <laughs> no, and they're not, they're not paying for that. I'm going to have to. Oh, what am I thinking? Yeah. Come on now. We're not handing this stuff well, out. We'll do advertise for them and hit them up for money later. Yeah, I'm sure they'll. Okay. They'll. All right. But uh, hey, everybody, thanks for joining us. And we will see you again on the next edition of Two Strike Noise. Thank you. God bless you. Have a great day. Have a great day.